The following program contains material that may be disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. I'm recording now. Cool, I guess. Dope. I've never done it this way. This feels so weird not having you here. (laughs) I know. It's crazy. So, um... Corona problems. Yeah, we decided to do mass hysteria because of what's currently happening in our current mass hysteria. And actually, mass hysteria isn't exactly what I thought it was, which is interesting. What do you mean? I didn't realize that it's like a potentially a medical issue. It's a psychological... Yeah, like when I looked at the definition and how it affects people, you can trick yourself into feeling symptoms of being sick because you're convinced others around you are. Dude, I okay. So real talk, I had to con- I had to like tell myself or kind of have a conversation with myself to t- like calm myself down because after all the mass hysteria or whatever, where like everybody's like, no matter where you go, you're gonna get sick, whatever. And I was convinced. I was like, oh my god, whenever I go out, my throat feels sore and I want to cough and oh no, you know, all this stuff. And I was just like, no, you're fine. Shut up. It's just your brain being a dumbass. So just, like, calm down, take a breath, and everything's okay. And once I got home, I felt fine. It's just, like, being out in public gives, right now at least, gives me that kind of anxiety where I'm just like, oh, I'm sick. Yeah, it's really weird how it's been affecting people. So I haven't, I've been feeling sick, but not like, oh, my God, I have coronavirus sick, or, oh, my God, I need to see a doctor. Like, for me, it's probably just from lack of taking care of myself. Just because, <laughs> yeah. No, no for real though. Water, and you would be amazed how much of a difference that made. <laughs> I'm, I'm not even kidding. It's like real sad. But my dad is like fucking convinced he had coronavirus for two days last week, and he's fine. And I'm like, oh. did he get the test? No, because so apparently they're only giving the test to people who like need to be hospitalized. Like you so could- here's the life hack for you. Um, mm-hmm. I found this one online. If you donate blood, they have to test you. So um, oh, okay. if you're feeling the symptoms or you are just like, I have to know kind of thing, go that's- donate blood and they have to test you. I never thought of that, but oh my God, that's fucking, that's genius. Right. The same yeah, way they have so, to test I mean, you, you for like, it or, it's like a free huh? HIV test too. They have to test yeah. to see if you are HIV positive. Exactly. It's, a, exactly. it's honestly, because, okay, here's the thing. I do have insurance, but it doesn't cover a lot. And yeah. I've, yeah, it just, let's just hope I don't really get sick the rest of this year because I've already <laughs> been to the doctor too much this year. Dude, tell me about and it. I so, mean, like, I technically have insurance, but it's basically just like, you pay for it, and then we reimburse you if we think we should kind of thing. Yeah. I'm so used to being able to go to the doctor and get any sort of, like, blood test done and then not receive a bill because of my insurance. And so I received mm-hmm. one recently, and I was like, what is this? What is why are you? <laughs> why? Why? <laughs> why are you asking me for money? <laughs> what? <laughs> and I called them and I was like, oh, "This must be some sort of mistake." And they're like, "No." Okay. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So learn my lesson with that one. Yeah. 
So we're recording uh, right now, right? Oh yeah, it's recording. Okay. Yeah, it welcome should. to Corn on the Macabre. We're all in self-isolation and it sounds like Kelly and I are talking on the phone. It's with the audio quality yeah. sounds like. <laughs> well, we kind of are. Yeah, we kind, we kind of are. I mean, <laughs> my, voice, my voice is crystal clear because it's recording my mic and then yeah. Kelly's is her headset. Which is a decent headset, but it's not a bomb-ass mic, so here we are. You know what, Kelly? I should just, I have a second mic. I never use it. I should just let you use it if you need, because it's like, it's the same level of quality as my Yeti. It's just a smaller travel mic. Well, I mean, we don't know how long we're going to have to do this, so it might not be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah I'll just like <laughs> drop it off in a paper bag. It's really yeah. fun. <laughs> just like covered in Animac wipes. <laughs> All the coronavirus memes and stuff have honestly just been cracking me up, and my mom has been pissed. so good. My mom has been posting more memes than usual because my <laughs> well, mother so loves memes. Dude, the office memes right now are so good. They're, They're top tier. so on point. I had to find a balance. Like, honestly, the first few days of it were the worst for whatever reason. I think it was just kind of like, you know, like I didn't go out that much before, but recently I've been going out a lot and or before all this happened at least last um, I was month going out before. A lot. yeah like the last month before the last couple months before I'd been going out a lot so we were out at dinner and having that kind of realization where like we're not gonna be able to do this anymore kind of set in and I was super upset about it for a little while I've kind of found this balance I found games that I like that I can invest a lot of time into and um then I just kind of committed to like I organized my closet and I cleaned up a lot of stuff and Brendan and I we brought his VR system here so now we have VR too yeah um no we're gonna we're gonna start we're gonna bring Zach's VR system to my place because it has a bigger space for it Mm -hmm. and um I was considering I was like should I stream VR is that a weird thing to watch I don't know like it's just it is (laughs) <laughs> people will watch but they will make fun of you so just be prepared for it because i literally so brendan doesn't know this he's about to because i'm saying it out loud but uh <laughs> i totally went out secretly and saw him playing beat saber <laughs> but quietly he was doing <laughs> it quietly like oh, yeah i want to play beat saber yeah. so bad because we have beat saber as well i'm really salty that Zach is already better than me at Beat Saber. Like, I get it. He owns the game. It was his. But, like... Yeah. No, Brendan's significantly better than me. I pride myself on that shit. So, very, very upset. You know they have... uh, They have KDA. Like, they have... Yeah. uh, They do. That song on there. I fucking love it. I wish they had more available songs to download and more options for music. Well, they they actually have a ton. Like we have um, "Bad Guy" by Billie Eilish and like a bunch of do they add more songs? Maybe they added more. They didn't more. add it, but you can go online and download them. Oh, like people make them, and so oh. you can just download those. And it's every song that you could possibly want. I didn't know that, and I'm absolutely going to do that. Atlas, I see you're watching. Take notes. We're downloading Beat Saber songs because that's one thing. Because right now, okay, so I'm used to being home alone. Yeah. And, I mean, I haven't really been alone. Zach's been here. But, like, I'm just sort of used to it. Now that it's been, like, almost a week, today is when I started losing my damn mind. And I'm sitting here in this mess I've made of myself by being lazy. Because in my mind, I have all the time in the world. 
to clean and do all this. And last night I made like a pot roast and all of this crap and I streamed a little bit. I've been playing Animal Crossing and whatnot and I haven't been cleaning this week like I normally do. Because mm-hmm. you have so much time. Because I have just so much time to do yeah. it. And now I'm sitting here and I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to kill myself and I have to organize every corner of this apartment or else I can't exist anymore. <laughs> I can't yeah, do it. I, I can't do it. I like I said, like, I've been, I have dark moments every now and then where I'm just like, I am miserable. <laughs> like, I hate staying <laughs> at home. But then I convince myself, so I have, you know, I'll have P90X or I'll go for a run. Like, now I'll just, like, get up in the morning. Send me your P90X files. Okay. Yeah, I don't mean so. to talk over you, but, like, I think <laughs> that would help me. Yeah, no, I having work at home. Also, um, Boho Beautiful, if you, I don't know if you've ever done that before, but it's like a YouTube thing. She does like a shit ton of yoga and hit classes and she just sent out a bunch of free stuff because of the Corona stuff. Okay. So, um, she has a bunch of free videos. It's good for yoga and meditating. Um, that's just a way to keep you sane. (laughs) Do you, yeah. Do you know anyone who has Corona? Potentially. You know, people, I know people who potentially have it too. Like two of my friends. So you know how I was supposed to go to Europe in May? Yeah. Fun fact, that's canceled. Czech Republic isn't allowing anyone in or out of the country. But, and we got travels insurance. So we were able to get our non-refundable trip refunded. Well, that's cool. As it should be. I mean, I feel like you should be able to refund any trips after what happens. I think if you can't refund it, I think you should at least be able to use the money you spent on it towards a different trip. Yeah. Like, if you can't at least, like, you know what I mean? Like, you can keep y'all's money, but, like, let me schedule at a different time or something. Yeah. But anyways, I was going specifically for a wedding, and that wedding is now canceled. And both the bride and the groom might have coronavirus. They said that they are having trouble breathing. They have shortness of breath. They have, they're coughing a lot. They said they feel like it's worse than any flu that they've ever had. Like it's a very different feeling than the flu. They're, uh, they applied to be able to get tested because typically they won't test people unless you need to be hospitalized. So they're currently right. self-quarantined. But, like, they're having trouble breathing, dude. I've never had trouble breathing with the flu or... I've never really had trouble breathing. <laughs> Shortness of breath is not something I've ever had in an illness. And I used to get throat infections out the ass. It's different from a lung infection, you know? Yeah. You know, I'm trying to do everything I can to avoid it. Plus, like, it kind of helps. Um, Brendan's brother is a detective, and he's also just kind of, like, he's been doing a lot of um, research on it just because I guess he has a lot more interaction with it because, you know, his job doesn't stop just because everybody else's does. Um, and he's terrified. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah like, I bet. Yeah, he's, he's been putting the fear of God into <laughs> Brendan. So. Healthcare workers, police, firemen service Mm -hmm. workers in general like if they're doing a service for the community they're still working and then of course we have all of our minimum wage people like fucking starbucks is still open Mm -hmm. and fast food restaurants are open grocery stores and i i don't know how valid this is but i heard it's been mutating so that it can affect younger people now I heard that younger and younger people are being more harshly affected by it and that people as young as 18 are dying. 
Yeah, my, my job has been sending out newsletters every day that's just like, here's your 24-hour update on what's currently going on. And um, Italy. Oh, my God. Did you hear about Italy? Yes! Oh, my God. How could you not? Italy. Dude. Italy didn't even uh, know Italy was coming. So the thing that my job sent out was um, apparently – I think the death toll is somewhere around almost 3,000, if not over 3,000 now. Last I saw it was nearing up to 3,000. It was 2,000 yeah. something, and that was like It was like 2,914, I think, last time I saw, or like when the news bulletin went out. And apparently the graveyards are so overwhelmed that they've been sending in people to collect the bodies to go elsewhere to be cremated because they just can't handle the amount of bodies that are coming in. Grill. Uh, yeah. So my mother who is like lives by herself psycho watching the news, like taking in every bit of information she can. So of course some of her information might be sort of skewed because of that. But, um, I don't know if someone out there wants to fucking fact check me because I sure as fuck didn't Google it when I probably should have. And I guess it is a very Googleable thing. I should just do it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, uh, she said that there are satellite images of um, over China of mm-hmm. just piles of bodies and like huge like ditches for them to throw all the bodies into really? to burn and whatnot. Here's the thing though, is because the newsletter that we sent out, which I 100% believe because these uh-huh. are, this is like a big company that does their research and they have to because we do business with a ton of other countries and continents. They said the death toll in Italy has surpassed China. So I um, heard that China is super lying about their death toll. Well, and that the satellite imagery proved otherwise, so they don't actually have numbers. Sense. Now that you now that you mention it, I honestly didn't think about that, but now that you mention it, you're probably right. I mean, I kind of want to look. I'm just going to look up satellite images, see what the fuck comes up. Because my mom was talking to me as if she saw them firsthand. And, like, here's the deal. Like, I love my mother to death. But she is still, like, a 60-something-year-old person who just does nothing but watch the news. So, like. Well, okay. Better than my fucking mother. You want to hear what my mother is doing? What? She's out and about. She's in the fucking office. She's going to the hair salon. Yeah. No, I was. I've been so upset with her. Like. She called me, or I, no, she called me yesterday, and she was like, yeah, I just went on the bike ride on the beach, and I was like, okay, well, you're not interacting with other people, are you? And she was like, well, no, but I'm at the hair salon right now, and I was like, what the fuck are you doing at the hair salon? Can it not wait? And the person, like, her hairstylist was just like, she's in a sanitary place, and I was like, I don't care, like, send her home she doesn't need to be outside right now and she's just like if i'm gonna get it or it's not a matter of if it's when and i should just go ahead and get it and i'm just like no no you should not just go ahead and do it and then i talked to her today she's still going on her bike rides which that part doesn't necessarily bother me i've heard that the um virus doesn't do well in uv light or whatever so it's probably better to be out in the sun but hmm, I if did you're not, going to go out, I did not hear that at all. It's the first I've heard it doesn't do well in UV light. Yeah, so sunshine, I guess, is good for you at this time, but obviously limited. Don't be around people. And apparently the beaches are packed in Florida because everybody's home, you know, so they're with their families out at the beach. You know what? She's been, you know what? I'm looking up articles on it. I didn't find the images my mother described, which tells me I don't know. I'm going to have to ask her directly about that. 
But, you find your source. But I found a lot of articles of what you said about Italy's death toll being higher, which just doesn't make sense to me. And I just I, well, I here's can't the thing. help but suspect China's lying about the numbers okay, well, and or just doesn't have numbers. Like, so it's just so many people. Sides. I don't know. Like, I don't know. China, yes, kind of lied from the start and tried to keep it under wraps for a while. So I understand why. Yeah, they knew about it since think. November, right? Yeah, so, but they, I mean, still officially it's December. Um, but so we can say, like, maybe the death hole's higher and they're just not reporting it. But the other side of that is China went hardcore on their fucking quarantines way faster than a lot of other places. So they were questionably quarantining people where it's just like they had people stationed outside homes and they were keeping people indoors and not allowing them outside so their quarantine was forced and they've had no local uh new reports for the first time in a long time because they forced quarantine people italy on the other hand (laughs) is a little more on track with us where they aren't forced quarantining people and they were kind of they they were taking it kind of seriously, but not really because not as much was known about it as we do. Um, and they didn't shut down things. Um, people were still out and about for a long time, so their death toll is higher because people were exposed to it more than they were allowed to be in China. That makes sense. So either that, way, yeah, especially like when you're looking at communism versus like a democracy, like you can't, like you you can force people to shut down but you can't force them to quarantine yeah no they literally Um, had like military at people's doors just like you cannot come outside that makes sense but also i'm probably thinking there's a lot of people who died previously before they even like realized what was happening and they're not going to go back and count those bodies as oh they they had corona yeah you know what i mean i mean it might be a little bit of both they might just be at the end of the day, there's a lot of dead people. Enough that we're freaking out. Yeah. So. Well, okay, so globally, <laughs> I do know this. I do have this statistic based on the newsletter that I got, which is actually really informative, and I appreciate a lot. But Yay. So globally, there's almost 210,000 cases, and of those, almost 9,000 deaths. What percentage is that? Can we do um, some math really quick? Let me do some math real quick. <laughs> or twenty three percent. Sorry, Jesus Christ. Twenty three percent die globally. That's globally by country. I think the percentage is um, close to two to three point five percent. Jesus, I mean that's still it's scary. Still, I mean we had never seen anything like this in yeah. our oh, years. What's so. scary to me is so. What's scary to me isn't so much the death tolls as it is for everyone who doesn't have it has no idea which percentage they're in they don't know if they're in that death toll percentage or not you don't know how it affects your body you don't know what it feels like you get the flu and you kind of have an idea of what that feels like you felt it before it's a and it does kill people but yeah, that's, I think that's the scary part, where it's just like, we don't have anything to fight it yet, really. Yeah, that's... Like, the, when you're younger, your <sighs> your chances are higher, which is partially why I keep going on my runs. I'm trying to, like, just keep my lungs strong and, yeah. you know, do that by keep working out. Because if I do get it, I want to be in the best shape that I can be. But, yeah, that's definitely the scary part of it, where it's, if you have it, there's nothing to 
fight it really not yet like they'll right. give you a ton of medicine and they'll do the best they can but you just kind of got to hold out and pray because <laughs> there's no cure um yeah, yeah and there's there's no that. cure there's no vaccines we don't have yeah. a way of fighting it and mm-hmm. and not- 40 i think it's 40 percent um at least in the u.s 40 percent of the cases are people between 18 and 59 that have it and um, of the ones that are in ICU they're closer to 65. Yeah my my parents are in the high risk bracket age-wise like they're 66. That's why I'm terrified with my mother's behavior I'm just like you are doing this. But I live, you know, not too far from historic Roswell, which is, like, cute little shops and restaurants wealthy people go to because it's so cute and historic and rustic. So it's, like, usually overpriced and whatnot. It's so precious. It's so precious. It's just, you know, old buildings that didn't get burned in the Civil War. But um, yeah. <laughs> it's what made it. It's what right. made it through the war. Um Anyways, uh, Zach said he drove by there today, and he was just dumbfounded at how packed it was with people. And he said he saw children just rubbing their hands all over everything, and that, like, older parents just, like, not giving two fucks. And and then, just... and then he also saw all of the people working there, all of the servers and whatnot, spraying everything down. Lysol wipes everywhere, like, yeah. constantly wiping after people. These service workers are working so hard so that you don't get fucking sick, so they don't get fucking sick, and, like, you're just, like, running around with your kids, like, rubbing your hands everywhere, <laughs> coughing I just, on everything. I don't understand that, like, okay, maybe you don't take it seriously, but why the fuck would you ever wis- risk your children's <clears throat> health? Yeah, I am dumbfounded by these images I am finding online of people hoarding shit tons of toilet paper because I haven't, I just, I just haven't seen that. Also, here's my deal. If things are really going as south as you think, and we really are going into a post-apocalyptic world, like, that's not going to happen, but let's just pretend it is. I mean, maybe. It could be zombies. Don't ever rule that out. We're never ruling that out, but let's be real. You're going to have to eventually get used to... Not having toilet paper. I mean, if there was any ever a time to find um, a new way of doing things, it's now. It, now's the time. Be, yeah. Let your innovative mind really grow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, my and thing is, is grass. shit's gonna hit the fan for me if we like run out of power or something. Like that's when I'm like, yeah. I don't know how to function. No, what running water and no power is when I'm like, well, I guess I'll die now. But yeah. <laughs> no, we absolutely have guns in the house now, which, you know, with me, I that's never something I've ever Been particularly with. wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's understandable now because I'm at this point where I'm just like, maybe it is zombies or maybe the world's going to go fucking batshit. And it's good to just have something on standby should it be needed. I don't know what your zombie plan is, but my zombie plan is within my family... Okay, it's going to be some picking and choosing, which really sucks. But boats. I believe boats are the future with zombies because what the fuck? Boats are the future. Boats are the future. Boats. Look, y'all, here's the thing. You go out far enough into the water, but close enough to land to where if you need to get supplies, you can come back easier. Like, and if you have a sailboat. If you have a sailboat, you don't need gas. 
right? Mm-hmm. So, like, my mother has access to a sailboat. I'm like, we fucking load up that sailboat. We will it if we have to. I will take that Like a couple of survivors. Yeah. Come on. Come on, guys. I'm just... I don't know why I haven't seen a zombie movie that involves boats, but I just feel like... But that's because the people on boats are living! The people on boats are living! So, you have seen a zombie movie with boats. Which one? Dawn of the Dead. The remake. I actually never saw the remake, so I haven't... I saw the original. I saw the original. I didn't see the new one. I'm sorry. Katie, this is like the the movie that made me scared of zombies. Really? That's not true. 28 Days Later made me scared of zombies. Yeah, the ones that run fast. Dawn of the Dead is very close second. I had a weird... 28 Days Later is like steroided up zombies, whereas Dawn of the Dead is like your classic ones. And that one, it's terrifying. But they escape on a boat. And... Some shit happens, but I can't tell you because, like, I can't spoil anything. But if a zombie even tries to get to you in the water, they'll, like, blow and decompose faster in the water. Okay, but think about... No, you're probably right. But Pirates of the Caribbean... (laughs) I guess that's the difference between, like, a curse and a zombie. I posted this on Twitter, actually, because I was talking to my mom about it, and I just had this... Like, it just popped in my head, because my mom and I were talking about apocalypse survival, and I told her, I was like, look... Because my brother and I already told my mom we're leaving her for dead. Oh, no! (laughs) And I'll explain that in a moment. Um, Please! (laughs) My brother and I were talking to our mom... And we were talking about our personal plans for zombie survival apocalypse. And how you're just going to let her go. And, my, and we were like, Mom, we have to let you go. And he, she goes, why? And we go, you're going to see a small zombie child. And you're going to think you can take care of it. And you're going to be like, so you're so kind-hearted and sweet. You're not going to be able to kill anything. You'll be able to yeah. kill certain zombies, I'm sure. But there's going to be, like, the children young women, people you know, all that kind of thing. And she told us, she was like, you're probably right. Like, that probably is the right decision to leave you behind. I'm just letting you know what's up, Mom. Like, love you to death, but... I mean, better to be straightforward about it, I guess. You know? But then I told her recently, I was like, but if you can get me supplies in a boat, I'll take that as payment, and I will keep you around. (laughs) You just gotta... (laughs) You just gotta promise to stay away. You just gotta promise to stay away from all children. Children are fucking reckless. They will get infected. They will become tiny, terrifying zombies. I mm -mm, will not tolerate children, and a zombie apocalypse will not do it. Yeah, no, they're loud and obnoxious. I mean, you can't trust them. You can't trust a kid as far as he can throw him, and he can throw him pretty far. I've only so. seen two seasons of The Walking Dead, and I don't, I, like, he hasn't done anything, and I still don't like Carl. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anything is going to make you like Ka- Carl more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen more than two seasons, and it's a handful. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, so, fun fact, a little sidebar about Walking Dead, because I do want you to watch it. Uh-huh. Um, that was one of those shows where I started watching it and I got two seasons in like you did. And I was like, I'm bored. I don't care. And I feel like this is going to die out because there's nowhere that this thing can go. Like, yeah, no for the story to keep going. And then I can't remember what changed my mind. I think it was somebody. Somebody talked to me. and was like, you don't understand. It ha- takes off. Like season two is 
good, but like season three is like where it really starts getting good. And I'm like, all right, fine. So I went back and I started watching it again. It's so much better. And it gets it gets real interesting. This... It becomes less about the zombies, which I'm completely for because you know me, you know how I love like the internal turmoil with people stuck in a bad situation versus the actual bad situation itself. I mean, it's kind of what the show has to be about. It can't, not every episode can have a fucking jump scare with a zombie. Like, that only lasts for so long before it, it gets really tiring. Okay, so I want to hear your stories. We've been talking about coronavirus for like an hour now, so. Yeah, Jesus. I uh, didn't expect us to go on that long about that. But one of the things that scares me about coronavirus is just media influence, especially because like with social media, especially, there's so much shit going out there that isn't true. That's just to incite panic, like to be scared, you know, like, for example, you know, China is not reporting on this many and blah, blah, blah. It's like the media has so much of an influence on how people react. And so I thought it would be kind of fun to talk about another way in which the media had a huge influence on people's reactions and it was completely ridiculous so here we go this is a story about the war of the worlds radio panic and uh yes so the day that it happened was the day before halloween october 30th in 1938 there is radio play it was narrated by orson wells and at the very beginning of it um, he says, oh, this is War of the Worlds, narrated by Orson Welles and several actors and whatever. But that particular night, people were watching another program on t- on TV or on the radio, I think. I can't remember which one, but it was – they were watching something else, and the program didn't end for a prolonged period of time. They expected it to end at 8. Um, but it didn't eight until like eight twelve. So people got on at eight twelve. They completely missed the beginning of the radio broadcast that said, "This is War of the Worlds," narrated by Orson Welles. You know that said this is a story and not the real thing. And the radio play had been uh, written and performed to sound like a real news broadcast about an invasion from Mars. Um, thousands of people believing they were under attack by Martians flooded newspaper offices and radio police stations with calls asking how to flee their city or how they should protect themselves from gas raids. Um, scores of adults reportedly required medical treatment for shock and hysteria because everybody thought this is a real thing that was going on. Audiences heard their regularly scheduled broadcasts interrupted by breaking news, um, which is how it was introduced. So, uh, the way the story went, they were playing an orchestra. They were listening to an orchestra play on the radio. In the middle of it, they are breaking it up. This is how it was performed. Like, they performed it this way. The orchestra was part of the whole skit. Um, but it was like, breaking news coming from blah, blah, blah. Let me try to find the immediate part. Okay. Here we go. Ten minutes into the show, many listeners died, dialed into War of the Worlds. It, they are listening to the music of Ramon Raquelio and his orchestra live from Park Plaza. Live from where? Uh, New York's Hotel Park Plaza. Okay, you cut out for a second. So that was oh, weird. sorry. 
Okay, yeah. So that's what they thought they were listening to when they were brought in. The reality was playing at a CBS studio in reality. Um, the dance music was soon erupted by a series of increasingly alarming news bulletins. Um, an astronomer played by Orson Welles, which nobody knew because they didn't tune into the initial part of it, uh, commented on reports that several explosions of incandescent gas had been observed on the planet Mars. Then a news bulletin reported that a huge flaming object had struck a farm near Grover's Mill, New Jersey. So everybody thought it was a meteor hitting Earth at New Jersey. I um, hear Bean! I hear Bean! Yeah, Bean's yelling. So anyway, the music was interrupted, and a news bulletin reported that a huge flaming object had struck from a farm near Grover's Mill, New Jersey. Um, a newscast, newscaster, quote-unquote, described seeing an alien crawl out of a space crib. Yeah, Crawling. and this is how it was reported. Good heavens, something's wriggling out of the shadow. It glistens like wet leather, but that face, it, it, it's indescribable. So that's what people are hearing on, on the radio. This is prime time for people to be listening to the radio. It was a Sunday night, which is when a lot of people tuned in. And I guess they had it planned out this way. They had their intro. So there's nothing to stop them from doing it. Because technically there was nothing that was breaking the law. But with, in 1938, with the world on the brink of World War II, audiences were already on razor's edge. Uh, the format used in War of the Worlds with its shrill news bulletins and breathless commentary echoed the way in which radio had covered the Munich Crisis, a meaning of Europe powers that became the prelude to World War II a month before. Wells and his company managed to closely duplicate the style and feel of those broadcasts in their own program, which is something that they planned. So some listeners only heard that shells were falling and assumed they were coming from Hitler when... Oh, this they thought great. America was being attacked yeah. in World War II. Yeah. Um, so it was like right before then where people knew it was coming, but didn't necessarily know when. Yeah, they didn't know to um, what level. It was also at a time during which science fiction developed as a popular genre. They were on the brink of scientific discoveries about space, and so dangers looked abroad. Like, why not investigate outer space what if there's stuff in outer space what if things want to attack us from outer space panicked listeners packed roads hidden settlers sorry sorry hid in cellars and loaded their guns in one block of newark new jersey 20 families rushed out of their houses with wet towels over their faces as protection from martian poison gas according to a front page article in the new york times the next day but historians also claim that the newspaper accounts over the following week greatly exaggerated the hysteria. There are estimates that about 20% of those listening believed it was real. That translates to less than a million people. But still, that's... That's enough. A lot. <laughs> no, it's enough. So my mass hysteria only involves 400 people like that I'm going to talk to you about. That's because they were small towns. Yeah. In like the so this is like This is yeah. like a national broadcast. You know, a, mm -hmm. a ton of people are hearing this. I would not be surprised if people ran into the streets with towels on their faces thinking the world was going to end. Yeah. So at the time, newspapers were taking advantage of this. They considered radio to be an upstart rival. And some in the print press, uh, resentful of the superior radio coverage during the Munich crisis, may have sought to prove a point about the irresponsibility of the radio broadcasts. Um, they were saying the exaggeration of the War of the World story can be interpreted as uh, print media's revenge for 
being badly scooped during or badly scooped during the previous month. So basically newspapers were taking this whole panic and they were thriving off of it. They're just like, see, this is why you shouldn't listen to the radio Um, because it causes a panic. Uh, there's no doubt that radio held a unique power over its audience. Uh, for rural audiences in particular, it was a primary point of contact with the outside world, proving or providing news, entertainment, and companionship. Uh, Orson Welles knew how to use radio's imaginative possibilities, and he was a master of blurring the lines between reality and fiction, um, which he had done before, actually. Um, they had, he had a team, and they had previously dramatized novels such as The Count of Monte Cristo and Dracula. I guess people tuned in a little sooner for those stories, or there was just outright obvious notes that this was a fake thing the and ca- not for real because the count- of the times and the content. The difference between The War of the Worlds versus... The Count of Monte Cristo and Dracula. The Count of Monte Cristo and Dracula were already established works of literature before mm-hmm. they performed them on radio. So yeah. that is probably a huge difference is people already knew those stories and heard it. They could hear a snippet and be like, oh, it's Dracula. Oh, mm-hmm. it's The Count of Monte Cristo. Also, those stories take place yeah, that's before what I mean. 1938. Exactly. That's kind of my point is where, you know, even if you hadn't heard it before, like say this is something you'd never heard and you heard it on the radio, you would hear like sucking blood and, you know, the 1800s and be like, oh, yeah. well, this is obviously a story. You, you would know? hear that they don't have electricity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're using candles everywhere. <laughs> like, it's just a different time. Mm-hmm. Orson Welles knew how to use the radio's imaginative possibilities and he had special effects involved too it was like the sounding of bombs crashing down or um you know they had if you know the story of War of the worlds it was aliens getting into their machines and roaming around and causing chaos and screaming civilians and stuff and they had those effects in there um so people went into a pretty big panic um <laughs> The War of the Worlds also revealed how the power of mass communications could be used to create theatrical illusions and manipulate the public. Um, some people say the broadcast contributed to diminishing the trustworthiness of the media, which I completely believe. Like, if you went through that and you were like, oh my god, the world is ending, and then only to find out that it was just a story, and the way that it was told was supposed to be framed as a real thing, I would be pissed. I'd be like, how am I supposed to believe anything that you say? Now that you've yeah, I feel this huge thing isn't true. Yeah, the fact that like 1938 is a time of people don't have the internet, they don't have television, they majority of the people in America only had the radio as a form of entertainment. And while it is like on one level, it's genius in the same way that uh, people were really freaked out over uh, the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Because they thought it was real. Like, the found footage genre really fucking freaked people out because they were like, oh, my God, it's real. It's genius in the sense that, like, by making people believe it's real, they all know what the fuck it is. But mm-hmm. it's, at the same time, like, harming people. Well, I think also something else to consider is maybe you heard parts of it and you didn't hear aliens 
necessarily that was mentioned at the beginning, but you heard that like shells were dropping and machines were coming in and you thought the World War II was starting. So that's another thing to consider. That, is, that like, is one thing I did not consider. I I think that's something that makes a big difference because, yeah, on some spectrum you have people who are freaking out over, fuck, aliens are coming. But you wouldn't hear that unless it was at, like, the beginning or at certain portions where you might have tuned out. I think for the most part the world was just like, oh, my God, we're going into war because it's war of the world. So a lot of it is just machines attacking and people dying you know not knowing what's going on and where i came from so that's i think that's something else to consider is like why the public freaked out so much um but the funny thing is when wells uh was questioned about all this he expressed profound profound regret that his uh dramatic efforts caused such a commotion and he said he he's probably not going to do anything like it again and he hesitated about presenting it because he thought that people might be bored or annoyed at hearing a tale so improbable. But people believed it so much that it caused such a panic. But people like were out in the streets and freaking out. Um, there is this one guy. He heard the beginning of the story. It was Henry Blakowski. Um, he was on his way to pick up his girlfriend at her apartment in Washington, D.C. He, he heard it on the radio. He knew it was a story. It was under attack by Martians. He knew it was a hoax. But he got to the apartment where he was there to pick up his girlfriend, and he found his girlfriend's sister quaking in her boots, as he as he puts it. And she <laughs> thought the news was real. He was just – he had to calm her down because she was just freaking out. She thought that the world was under attack. But, I mean, luckily not so much happened. I mean, people – freaked out but that's about the extent i think they got it under control shortly after that at least that's what i found mm-hmm. and that is the war of the world's mass hysteria story we're, we're freaking out because they didn't know how to handle radio coverage of an alien attack that so yeah um i will talk about my stories of mass hysteria which Mine don't so much involve media because they happened during times when media didn't really exist. So mm-hmm. all media at the time was word of mouth. First of all, I want to talk about a little bit about like what exactly mass hysteria is for those who might not fully know. It's a term in sociology and psychology, and it is also known as mass uh, psychogenic illness. Collective hysteria, group hysteria, or collective obsessional behavior. It's a phenomenon that transmits collective illusions of threat, whether real Mm -hmm. or imaginary, through a population in society as a result of rumors and fear. So one thing that is key in mass hysteria is the fact that it's illusion and not real. So one of the most famous examples that we have all heard of is the Salem Witch Trials. Everyone com- Oh yeah, for sure. Everyone was completely convinced that there are witches. People believed they were being cursed by witches. People believed that they were sick because of witches. All of that. Like they fully believed it was real to the point to where I bet there were some people who were like, oh my god, I am a witch and like doing dumb shit, right? Yeah. Because people are stupid. In medicine... The term is used to describe the spontaneous manifestation of the same or similar hysterical physical symptoms by more than one person. And this will become important later in one of my stories because mass hysteria can go so far as 
a population of people all being convinced they have a cough. Mm-hmm. And it's all mental. And they all go to the hospital, and the hospitals are like, these people have a cough, but, like, I don't know why. Yeah. And it leaves just as quickly as it came. And it's just the weirdest thing. A common type of mass hysteria occurs when a group of people believe they are suffering from a similar disease or ailment, sometimes referred to as, oh, I already said that, my mass psychogenic illness or epidemic hysteria. So a lot of mass hysteria involves an enormous group of, a, bit, a large group of people all convinced they're sick in the same way. And it's kind of like, I don't know if you ever saw this anime, but there's this ridiculous anime that is so fucking stupid that I, me, Maya, and Sammy watched called King's Game. It sounds really familiar. If you're told about the game, you become part of the game. Oh my god, I do remember that. Where And there was like some girl who was trying to manipulate it at one point. Yeah. King's I didn't finish game. it, but I know what you're talking about. After reading about all these stories of mass hysteria through history, I'm completely convinced King's Game is based off of the idea of mass hysteria because there are multiple times in countries all over the world where a bunch of kids, a lot of it happens to teenagers, um, where they hear about something and then all of a sudden they come down with that illness. Yeah. And it's like you don't get sick unless you've heard about it. Right. And it's, like, centered around the power of knowledge of, like, if you don't know about it, it's not going to happen to you. But now that you've been told, all of a sudden you're sick now with that exact thing. There's no exact science behind it. People just study and theorize that it's just incredibly fear-induced. Otherwise, they don't know. But I have some, like, really weird and kind of funny examples of mass hysteria that just like really entertain me and one of the earliest cases of mass hysteria that we have recorded is during the middle ages okay with a bunch of nuns in france france has a lot of history of mass hysteria which i just find funny because i don't know france um some history on nuns nuns Back in the Middle Ages, back in the day, just um, aren't what they are today. Being a nun was forced on a lot of women. It wasn't a really? choice. Mm-hmm. Huh. Many I didn't nuns, know that. A lot of the women forced into nunnery, into convents, it's not a lifestyle of their choosing. It's like... That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, something happened that put them in that situation where this was the best option for you to survive. Yeah. Whether it was your family forcing you to go there or you're homeless and had nowhere else to turn, that sort of deal. And it was a lifestyle that many people wouldn't choose. It's one that demanded celibacy, poverty, and hard manual labor. Like, you're forced to live under these conditions. You're given a lot of respect, but it's because you're forced to live under these conditions. Yeah, I can imagine wanting to do something like that. (laughs) Yeah, and so um, there are two different times in which... European nuns had really weird examples of mass hysteria. So the first case was, you know, nuns in a large French covenant, like one nun in a very large French convent, not covenant, (laughs) convent, just began meowing one day. (laughs) She's going, meow, meow. What? For hours. Hours. And then soon... The others joined in. 
And eventually, every single nun in that convent was meowing. They're just going, meow. They're all so pe- you're reading my past life. Yes. But there's so many of them that the noise became structured. And all of the nuns would meow together for several hours at the same time every day. And the neighbors of this convent could hear the collective meowing and were like, really fucking annoyed and we're like what the fuck is happening like and what are you so fucking guys doing they had to go to like the soldiers of their village and be like something has to be done and people had all kinds of theories as to why but the most popular was witchcraft because during mm. the middle ages people believed humans could be possessed by animals And um, apparently one animal that was commonly known for possessing humans was cats. Yeah. So people fear that the meowing was because they were possessed by cats and that this whole thing was because of witchcraft because women of God wouldn't just do this one day, you know? (laughs) It's not our women. So people consider it mass hysteria or maybe it's a protest I don't know, you decide, but uh, I found it really funny, and so the soldiers had to go and threaten them to stop. They were like, if you don't stop, we will start whipping you, and it finally got them to stop, which is what tells me that it was just a bunch of women who were fucking pissed off about their situation, and were like, you know what, let's annoy the fuck out of these people and just start meowing, (laughs) but the weird part is that it happened for days and days and days like I don't know how long exactly but it wasn't like like a couple days it was like long enough to cause like extreme stress right and that's fucking dedication to the cause yeah for real so maybe on some level it was mass hysteria in the sense that these like maybe some of the women joined in because they did think all the women were possessed by cats like it's that idea of you see other people behaving a certain way and you follow suit and that's a huge part of mass hysteria is following other people's actions and reactions and whatnot there's another one that is just really weird that happened again in france um, in 1919, 19, wow. In 1518, Oops. during this time, this is in Strasbourg, and during this time, disease and famine were uh, sweeping through the damn streets. Until one day, a really weird thing happened. This woman named Mrs. Trophia began to dance. She went out into the street solo and just started dancing, just fucking feeling herself. And after a week, others had joined her. About 37 to 40 more people had joined her by the end of the week. Dancing day. So it's a day, party. But they weren't stopping ever. It was day <laughs> and night. Did stop dance? Yeah. Maybe they were having a marathon. It was day and night. And within a month of this happening, over 400 people were in the city streets silently dancing. So there's no music. Yeah. And doctors were like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) And so they were like really fucking confused. But they, the doctors at the time came to the conclusion that the incessant dancing was caused by a fever. And then they recommended that those dancing and suffering from this fever 
They need to continue dancing until the fever burns itself out. The city's governor structured a stage and brought in a band and professional dancers to dance alongside these people afflicted with this, like, weird dance disease. (laughs) So we don't know how to fix this. So we just, you know, if you can't beat them, join That's what I say. And soon people began to pass out from heat exhaustion. And then people started dying to the point to where about 15 people a day died from exhaustion, starvation, dehydration, over 400. Woof. 15 people a day. A day. And so the dancing mania only ended when people were forcibly moved from the streets and taken to shrines to pray to St. John the Baptist or St. Vitus to cure them of the dancing curse. Wow. It actually happened one other time. Not as big, but it happened one other time in Germany. And Uh so France and Germany, I guess, like, they both got their weird hysterias going on because both these stories, the nuns and the dancing, both happened in France and Germany. But in the 13th century, in Aachen, Germany, the dancing plague, or St. John's Dance... The dancing plague... Yeah, our St. John's dance caused thousands of people to start dancing with uncontrolled emotion. Italy, Holland, and Switzerland also experienced these strange bouts of dancing plagues, with the last taking place as late as the 17th century. So the one with 400 people in Strasbourg is the most well-documented one, but there has been larger phenomenas of mm-hmm. this particular da- quote unquote dancing plague happening in Germany. Wow. Isn't that weird? That's so strange. What a weird plague. And what possesses you to just keep dancing until you're down? So, a more recent one is the laughing epidemic in 1962, which okay. has happened in multiple places. Oh my god, please tell me I have all these right up. Hold on. Ah! The biggest one it happened in was uh, Tanzania in 1962 at an all-girls school in Kashasha. Three girls began to laugh uncontrollably. They didn't stop even when dis- uh, disciplined by their teachers. Bizarrely, the laughter spread until more than 90 students were laughing for no apparent reason. The laughing fits allegedly lasted anywhere from a few hours to more than 15 days. So some girls Whoa. were laughing for 15 days straight. The laughing fits allegedly lasted any... Oh, I already read that. Officials tried to find a cause, but were unsuccessful. The epidemic laughter led to the closure of schools as the laughing spread to other what? villages nearby. It's they had caused... to close schools because people were laughing too much. Yeah. And its cause remains unknown. The laughter episodes continued on and off for about one year and then just mysteriously stopped. Wow. Mm-hmm. On and off for a year? Uh-huh. What is yeah. that funny? Like, what is the meme that they saw? That's what I really want It's 1962. I don't know, man. It's the first ever meme, and now I want to see it. But they say that the first outbreak affected 95 students, but when it spread to the village next over... A few months later, when it 
happened again, it the next time affected 217 people. Jeez. Talk about laughter being fucking contagious. Infectious? Yeah. I, I want to know what caused that and what can keep you laughing. Maybe they had some sort of competition going. Like, I can laugh longer than you. It's just weird. Their abs had to have been fucking tired. Dude, yeah. Afterwards, I mean, if you're, like, inhaling like that, you're maybe that's what it was. They're just like, this is the first ever exercise video. Yeah, there's a fit abs within a year. There's a lot of (laughs) random shit. Like, here's, like, little shorter ones that don't have too much more story to it is, um, there was the weird 1976, they call it the Mount Pleasant hexing. In 1976, 15 students at a school in Mount Pleasant, Mississippi, fell to the ground, ground, and began writhing in pain. ground. The ground. I said ground. (laughs) On the ground and began writhing in pain. School officials and police suspected it might have had something to do with drugs, but there was no evidence to suggest this. The students believed it to be some sort of curse, and one third of the school students stayed home one stayed home one day, so as not to be hexed. What the fuck? And then there's the Palestinian um, fainting epidemic where. 943 Palestinian girls and women randomly fainted in the West Bank in 1983. Woof. And, of course, Israel was accused of using chemical warfare on girls. Israel, in turn, blames the Palestinians for poisoning their own people in order to frame them. In reality, only around 20% may have actually breathed in something toxic, and the remaining 80 were consumed by hysteria. So is it thought that, like, the ones that were infected, they just... So, like, 20% of the girls did test positive for inhaling something toxic, but the remaining 80% of the girls who did faint, they weren't poisoned in any way like they just hmm. were taken over by hysteria and were so convinced that they were next that they passed out wow see i get i kind of get that though like especially with what's going on now it's like you start to think that it's affecting you even though it's not Hmm. yeah this last one which is just one i thought was really interesting because i hadn't So there's a photo that goes along with it that I'm just going to send to you in Discord really quick. Okay, so do you... Okay, so the no, yes, yes, no. Do you recognize that at all? Yeah, it looks familiar. I don't know why, though. Same. Okay, I thought the same thing. But apparently it's a very popular game in South America that gained a lot of popularity in 2015. So Okay, that makes sense. It really took off with the hashtag, hashtag Charlie Charlie Challenge. And the game involves asking questions of some kind of supernatural being named Charlie. Yeah, and then you like spin it or something? Yeah, but apparently in South America, the lore is that it's a specific supernatural ghost being named Charlie. Kind of like how, like Candyman or Bloody Mary sort of an idea. Right. So it's not like a random ghost. It's it's like using pencils as a dousing rod, basically. Charlie is supposed to answer by directing the movement of two pencils stacked on top of each other. 
Um, in 2015, four young people in Tanya, Colombia, were sent to the hospital after believing they had been possessed by Charlie. And a similar thing happened to teens in the Dominican Republic. So, like, there were multiple kids. I don't know if I'd really consider that mass hysteria, but it happens, I feel like, to enough kids in multiple countries that it's just it's weird worth that... Mentioning. Yeah, these kids really thought that they were possessed by a ghost or, yeah. like, a demon or something named Charlie. It's just really weird. I yeah. do remember that. I, I mean, I don't remember the Charlie part of it, but I remember, like, some entity and then it like answered your questions yes or no mm-hmm. i completely forgot about that though yeah no i didn't even realize what it was i just kind of recognized the picture but yeah those are my fun weird examples of mass hysteria and how they've affected people but mass hysteria apparently is very commonly centered around people convincing themselves in groups that they're all sick yeah which Leads me back to my thoughts on or cults. Or that they're all experiencing the same traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Even though we're all individuals on some level, we still have, like, a hive mind. I was just about to say hive mind. We're all connected. You're breaking up. Uh, you're frozen. You're too. No! Okay, well, I guess we will end this. Hold on, I'm gonna... Oh, there you are. All right, there we go. There you are. Um, okay, so I think we should wrap it up. <laughs> it turns out we haven't talked in a while. Yeah, we're just like, <laughs> let's get caught up on all the crazy shit that's happening right now. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Still have more memes to send. Fuck. Yeah, memes everywhere, man. For real, though. For real, They're real going hard. But everybody stay safe. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Our website is cotmpodcast.com. Still send us your spook stories. If you want to email us, I did get an email actually from someone about Yule Lads. They had only listened to that episode recently and they said that they went to Iceland. I think it was Iceland. I have to read the email now. Fuck, hold on. And they had like little trinkets and stuff of the Yule Lads. Oh, what? That's really cute. Like they saw a little display and they have like little ornaments of these dudes. Yeah, it was uh, Matt. Matt sent, hello, I've been enjoying your podcast. I recently took a trip to Iceland. It was Iceland. And remembered your holiday episode and thought y'all might like this pic of the Yule Lad merchandise. Take care and keep it creepy. Oh, that's so awesome. And it's this whole little stand of, like, these little ornaments of all these dudes, like, stealing shit and being creepy. Yeah, I want to see that. Hold on, let me. Yeah, it's super cool. Uh, stay safe and keep it creepy, guys. Stay safe and keep it creepy and keep those hands clean. Keep them to yourself. Music by freestockmusic.com For blog posts showing visuals for each episode, you can find our blog at cotmpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support us and receive discounts and loyalty rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash macabre. We record every episode live Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash thetigerwizard. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast app or site, please let us know and we'll fix that. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram for updates on episodes, blog posts, and special events. And don't forget... 
Keep it creepy.